Welcome to The Marissa Morrison Show, where you'll discover your inner power to create the life you desire. I'm Marissa, and I began my business as a 19-year-old, single mom, broke, and in college. Today, I run a seven-figure business that teaches entrepreneurs how they can have it all without the frustration and overwhelm. Abundance, peace, joy, and overflowing love are available to you. And I'm here to show you the way to a richer, more vibrant life that radiates into your business, bringing you higher profits and profound fulfillment. You see, when you connect with the miracle that is you, you become an unstoppable force that doesn't need to push for success. Consider this an invitation to step into a new world of possibilities, empowering perspectives, and radical breakthroughs. Buckle up and get ready to see the world around you in an entirely new light. This is your life, and you don't need to wait to experience your dreams. It all starts now. I'm so excited to share that I have something brand new for you. It's a new series empowering you to discover your own version of success. You see, we often view success as a linear path. Most of us were raised to believe that there's only one path. But the path to success looks different for everyone. In fact, at one point in my own journey, my family thought I was failing. And to be honest, I did too. But I wasn't. I was on my way to a life beyond my wildest dreams. And over the coming months, I'll be sharing heart-to-heart conversations with previous students of mine that have also carved their own path to success. To be honest, some of these were recorded last year And I've been keeping them secret until the perfect time, which is right now. My hope for you is that you come to see that you are right where you need to be and that you are not alone. These remarkable women share the struggles they faced along the way. And I'd bet that you've faced a few of the same challenges too. Through their vulnerable stories, you'll gain insight on what it takes to build a business and life you love. And above all, you'll be empowered to create your very own version of success. Welcome to the Photography Business Interview Series. Juliana Polkey is the owner of Peony Photography based in New Orleans, Louisiana. Her passion for photography began in high school and with relentless work ethic, this powerhouse of a woman has built a thriving photography business from the ground up. Not only is she a rock star in business, but in life, as she is also a mom to two toddlers and a devoted wife to Brandon Polkey. Together, they are unstoppable. Brandon quickly caught the bug and became the business partner and the other half of the company. As a photography duo, they bring immeasurable value to clients as two artists instead of one. They prove that premium rates can indeed be charged in a small town, as well as emerging and dominating a major market after relocating. Not only this, but with determination, they have reached other markets across the U.S. P&E Photography has been recognized by several major publications, and their story has just begun. Today, they're sharing their secrets of how they rose to the top, all while nourishing their beautiful family with grace. Simply stated, Juliana and Brandon are the dream. So get ready to hear the real deal. Welcome to the show, Juliana and Brandon. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Let's start with the beginning. Juliana, we'll focus on you for a little bit since you are, you know, the heart to the beginning of this business. Tell me, where did it start for you? When was the first time you got a camera, you had the 
the idea of, all right, let's start seeing what this photography thing is all about. Yeah, sure. So my mom was a photographer while I was growing up. You know, she had to do her best to support two kids. And I was the unpaid intern, bag holder assistant for many, many years. And it all just sort of started by watching her and helping her edit and going on shoots with her. So yeah, my my start was, you know, watching her do her thing and learning from her mistakes. And so that was kind of nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So when did you start photographing yourself? I actually um, stole the camera from her on a shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds so bad. I hope she doesn't watch this. <laughs> but, you know, she used to focus on families and never weddings. You know, that wasn't even on the, the mindset then. But I went on a shoot with her, and, you know, when you step back and are able to scout out your surroundings, it's easy to find that good light and that good composition. And so while she was photographing a family, I said, Mom, can I have the camera real quick? I think you should put them here. And she just didn't get what I was saying. And so I repositioned the family she was photographing, and I took the camera and started shooting them. And... You know, when we got back home, she said, I think you should edit this one. This was your session. How old were you at that time? I don't know if I've asked you that. 14. Oh, my goodness. I was 14. I was in ninth grade. And, um, yeah, from then on, I sort of took over her equipment, essentially. (laughs) So my mom slowly weaned out of photography, and I sort of took over her equipment and You know, over the years, I had fun just photographing friends. In high school, I was on dance team. I had a lot of friends who were a couple years older than me, and I started taking their senior pictures and had a lot of fun doing that. And that really took off even through my senior year. I was, you know, photographing all of my senior friends for the yearbook. So it's so fun to look back at our high school yearbook and see all of the pictures that I took of our friends. I love that. Um, Just a nice little memory and Definitely shows how much we've grown. And how much were you charging at that time for oh the senior gosh, session? Oh, my gosh. Maybe 100 bucks. Yeah? <laughs> Which to my friends, that was a lot of money. And, you know, they were convincing their parents to let their friend photograph them. It's sort of unconventional, not using a professional company. Mind you, this was 2012. So it wasn't that long ago. And there were people around me charging $2,000 for senior photos easily. So I was coming in thinking, oh, I'm making a hundred bucks and we're just going to go play around, you know, in downtown Thibodeau one afternoon and take photos. And it worked when out. When you're 16, a hundred bucks is like so much it's money. So much it's like, money. oh my God, yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so even just from senior photos, I was making a couple of thousand dollars my senior year. That's incredible. Yeah. And so I babysat for a family in that time, and the couple that I babysat for knew I had a camera, knew I was running around town with it, and they saw some of my work and asked me to photograph their wedding. And that was my first wedding. I was 16 years old. Oh, my goodness. And they paid you 200 bucks, right? As a tip. I didn't even charge them. (laughs) I was so nervous. Oh, my goodness. And they tipped me at the end of the night before even seeing the photos, $200, and just thanked me and... I was just, I I was nervous, as you should be, you know, being trusted to do someone's wedding. I think at that time, I didn't realize the caliber of, you know, the honor 
that it is to be chosen to do something like that. I just knew I had a camera and sure, I could go shoot this wedding. And it was a lot of work. Yeah. Much more work than $200 worth, but it kickstarted everything because they recommended me to so many people. So that's sort of how it all started. That is an amazing beginning to your journey. Yeah. It's almost as if, you know, I find this in our journey, my own journey, and, you know, all the other photographers that I speak to, it's like it found them, mm-hmm. you know. It's something that you stumble upon and it just becomes a part of you, you know, along the way. So 16-year-old documenting your first wedding, 200 bucks. So what happened from there? Did you start doing a lot of weddings or was it years before or how did it go from there? It was immediate. It was immediate. So while I am still shooting senior photos and building that portfolio, I'm dating Brandon at the time. We've been together since we were 16. (laughs) So he kind of was witnessing this all happen. And, you know, I think it's easy back then to be supportive, but not really think of it as growing and going somewhere. And never could we have imagined this life now, but it was something that was fun. And so seniors eventually became brides, you know, many of them young brides in a small town. But nevertheless, I was excited to be asked to photograph their weddings. So with a little bit of word of mouth and building that portfolio, in 2012, I did seven weddings. So it was a few months after photographing my first wedding. So that technically first year of real business was seven weddings. Wow. Total income, like five grand, I think. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Did you have a timeline for them? Did you have a process or did you just like show up before the ceremony started? Like, how was that looking at the time? No, I I definitely from the beginning said, yeah, like five, six hours should be enough. Yeah. (laughs) I'll, I'll come a couple of hours before the ceremony. And there was no PJ pictures back then. Yeah. There were no <laughs> flat lays or, or anything detail-oriented. It was just the dress is hanging, and mom's going to put her in it, and that's how we're starting the, the timeline. And then group pictures by the fireplace at someone's mama's house, and, <laughs> and we're going to the church, and then we're going to the reception. The reception, I never even remember staying till the end. I remember staying until, you know, like a, a bouquet toss, two hours in and then I'm like, okay, that's it for me. First you dances, know? cake cutting, yeah. bouquet toss. All right, y'all have a good night. Have fun. Bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was very, I don't want to say simple, but a little more carefree, not structured. They were all thankful. They all loved the photos and it worked out. But I think when you approach it that way and you're young, you think of it more of as a job and you don't fully appreciate it yet. Yeah. And so it's nice to see how things evolved over the years with the timelines and really getting to know clients. And it became so beautiful the more invested I got into it, physically being there for longer, mentally connecting with my clients, creating timelines for them, helping them pick out details. Those are things that evolved slowly over time. And it's still evolving. That still changes a little bit for us every year. We tweak things. But man, in those beginning days... It was very to the point. Yeah, I'm a wedding photographer. That's my job. I show up. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm going to give you a set number of photos and no more. You know, so we've learned a lot. And then we started college, and then after that, you had upgraded some of your gear, and you moved into doing weddings a lot more often. And a friend of ours had a magazine at the time, 
And because I was like, oh, I'd love to advertise in it to local uh, people and whatnot. And he's like, oh, well, we can't advertise you unless you're an LLC. So that's when oh. he registered. That's when I feel like all of our people, like in our media circle, really started thinking, like, oh, he's real serious. Yeah. She got the LLC. She started advertising in this magazine. People were like, oh, cool. Yeah. And I feel like that's when it really just took off. That was right when I turned 18. In 2014, when I turned 18, I registered as an LLC to advertise in a local magazine. The owner at the time, we became good friends. He served in our wedding. And shout out to Ben. Shout out to Ben. <laughs> and, you know, that really changed things for me because I felt the small town that we were in looked at it less as a hobby and took me more seriously as an entrepreneur. So that sort of gave me the green light to really start charging my worth at the time, which in retrospect, was still such a small amount, but enough that it justified the hours I was putting into working for each client. And so, yeah, 2014 changed everything for us. Registering the business, getting down to the nitty-gritty of taxes and financial statements and really looking at profit margins helped me take myself more seriously. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. From hobby passion driven to okay this is this is the real thing so let's go back a little bit going to college you know you had that path did you ever feel like a questionable about it being a real career or did you feel the push to you know find your path in college what was that like for you i felt that i was pushed to go to college and that i never should have been there to be honest with you um, i know a lot of people don't like to hear that and maybe college could have been a good backup option, get a degree and you have a fallback option. But for me, it always felt like that was a cop-out. Like, why would I have a backup option when I know I'm not going to fail? Yeah, If I'm good. putting 110% into wedding photography, why should I need another option? That's not where my heart is. I couldn't even think of another thing I wanted to be doing from the get-go. I mean, the moment I signed the papers to go to college— I said, I don't see myself being here long. Yeah. And of course, my parents didn't want to hear that. You know, I initially signed on to be an RN, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Because that was a steady job. That was something stable that I could make money on. And now I have to fix all the kids' boo-boos because mommy doesn't like blood. <laughs> <laughs> so, Indeed, yeah. you made the right yeah. path. Photography is yes. a better choice. <laughs> yes. Somewhere along the way, you know, I even gave it a second shot. I transferred to the art program at our college. But I sat in photography class questioning everything the teacher was teaching. Mm -mm. Yep. While I think it's important to know photography rules in order to break them, following some of those assignments just felt so opposite of what I really wanted to be doing and creating and so I lasted one year in the art department, and I said, you know, this isn't for me. It's actually sort of comical how it happened. I walked out of my finals. I put my name on the final test and went put it on the teacher's desk and walked out. And that was me quitting college. Yep. Nice. Yep. Um, the dean, actually, when I went to sign the final papers, told me, she looked straight at me and said, you are making the worst decision of your life, and I fully expect to see you back here next year. Wow. Said that to my face. I also did her niece's wedding, per her recommendation. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, a couple of our friends have gone through the art program over there and said that she talks very highly of you now. Oh, so, I'm sure. 
Yeah. It's funny how life goes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm grateful for college. I don't regret going. I don't regret anything I've done. I've learned from it. In fact, I think it was so helpful in the social aspect. I met a lot of great people who ended up being our future couples. Just a lot of good connections came out of that and good experiences. I got to, you know, sit alongside him in class a couple of times and he has two college degrees. I'm not knocking college. It just wasn't for me. And I knew that from the beginning. And I guess sometimes I wish I would have followed my gut rather than going along with what society said I should be doing in order to make money. And I stand by that. So I think if anyone's feeling some inner pushback, by all means, save your money. Take some time. Figure it out. I think we push kids into college so young, they're sort of flailing. They don't know what they want to do yet. And maybe a little bit of life experience could help them figure that out. Because I think we have a lot of miserable nine-to-five workers out there that aren't following their passion. And got degrees using student loans that they don't really use anymore. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's I'll, just sort of how I feel about that. Those early days, you know, there's some good and some bad in there. I don't regret anything, but I definitely encourage anyone else who is sort of in that limbo to follow that gut feeling. There's probably something there. Yeah. I did want to interject and say that first time I took you seriously. So like I knew that you enjoyed photography this whole time. Obviously, I was by your side since we were 16. But the first time I was like, oh, she's like serious, serious about this was when she was selling and taking pictures for a local flooring store and cabinet store in our small town. And he was paying her, I think, something like two grand a month to work only five Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And when you break down those numbers, like, that's a really good job, especially for a college student. Yeah. And she had a time where the weekends started becoming weddings, like more and more weddings. And she was just like, I have to quit. I was like, why? And she's like, I have weddings. I was like, well, why would you leave such a good job? And she was just like, I have to do the weddings. And she walked away from it. I was like, okay. All right. So she's serious, serious. Yeah. So like the st- she's leaving the stability and the comfort there to move into something she's truly, truly passionate about. And That's I've stayed so in college the entire time. I got two degrees and now I work for you, so. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can't wait to get into. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. I think it's so awesome you have such a great support system through Brandon. And also, you know, firm decision is something that is very important in business. So having that at such a young age is incredible as a start. And I also think that knowing where you're going and having that clarity is something that so many people are seeking but really, it's that still small voice. It's always there. It's always present. We just have to sometimes be still enough to hear it. So I'm so proud of you for like having that awareness to say, this is what I'm doing. This is what I know to be true, and I'm going to go after it. So let's talk about this. Okay, so you're doing photography. You start advertising. Got the flooring gig going, two grand a month. That's like seriously super awesome, especially when you know it's secure, because as we know in photography, it can be the ebb and the flow. But what was it for you that was like, okay, weddings is my heart. This is where I really want to focus my time. Well, I'll start off by saying that I have always, from a young age, followed the five-second rule. And that is close your eyes, count to five, and on that fifth second, whatever your heart is telling you to go for, do it. Make it happen. And I was given a lot of different photography opportunities over the years. You know, oh, you can come do newborn photography full-time for this studio, or 
our college wanted to hire me as a staff photographer for the university. It was really good pay. And, you know, that would have meant I was going to be at sporting events and banquets. And, and I tried it out for a little while, and I just didn't feel that pure joy. It was a lot of the same thing over and over again. And so, you know, I... It was a job. It was just a job. Yeah. I know some people who find the most joy in all of those things, and I'm so happy for them. And for me, I knew it wasn't right. And so I sat in my office one day, and my boss was telling me that he needed me at the flooring store on a Friday. And that Friday was going to be one of my biggest weddings to date. And, of course, I could not bail on a wedding. Right. You know, I think it was a few weeks before. And I closed my eyes and I counted to five. I'm like, where do I want to be in a year, five years? Not at that flooring store. So why am I even scared of what he's going to think? I called him and I quit. He was not happy with me. But, you know, sometimes you have to follow what you know to be the right path for you. And I was going to be selfish for me for once. I was tired of listening to what I thought was stability. You know, growing up, we weren't always financially stable, and I think I was seeking that in my young adulthood a lot. And it made me lean into directions that weren't true to myself and where I wanted my future to be. The manager at that store ended up hiring Juliana for her wedding a year later. And, like, that's a reoccurring theme you'll see in all the things that she's left behind. That she's like, I can't do this anymore because I want to shoot weddings. They end up being upset about it. They end up being upset about it because they lose Juliana, but at the same time, they're proud and they support her later. They always come back and She never really burns bridges. She always, like, they respect what she did, even though it's a hard decision to make. They were just like, okay, that's what you want to do. And they always respect it and, like, all right, yeah, she's really good. Let's hire her. I'm just big about relationships. Yeah. Starting relationships, maintaining relationships, and how you end relationships. I think says a lot about who you are and the legacy you want to leave for yourself. I don't believe in burning bridges. Even when it's not the best situation, even if that person isn't for you, I think there's always a respectful way to bow out of something. And I, I think I made it clear to every single situation that, you know, it wasn't them. It was for me. And sometimes I had to choose me. Always. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, that's beautiful. Yeah. So in those relationships, the ones closest to you, mom and dad, how did that go? When you said, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to do this college thing. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the me thing. How was that? In the words of my mom, finally, she <laughs> said. <laughs> finally. She wow. was so relieved. That's awesome. She said, I never saw you as a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember crying like, are you sure? Am I, is this crazy? And she she said, no, of course not. She said, but it's going to be hard. She knew from an early start that weddings were not her thing. And she looked at me and she said, you are nothing like me. You're going to do this. Because wedding photography is one of the hardest types of photography. Oh, yeah. Rewarding. So rewarding. But so much pressure, so much work ethic goes into wedding photography. It's one of the highest honors And that, in turn, comes with a lot of responsibility. And my mom didn't love that pressure. She likes being relaxed. And for some reason, I don't like being relaxed. (laughs) I'm such a go-getter. I'm like, man, we're going to 
kill this wedding. This is going to be so good. There's going to be so much emotion, and we're going to have so much fun. And, you know, I always had that spirit going in. And so my family was super supportive, so much so that my grandparents asked me, you know, how can we help? Is there anything that you need right now? And so they helped me by buying me my first professional computer so I can actually edit photos properly, which was a game changer. And I was able to pay them back for that within a month of profits. So I was very lucky to have a supportive family. I know not everyone does. And for that, I say just keep on doing what you know you need to do because they aren't living your life. Absolutely. Sometimes people don't get it. And it takes different things to make people get it. But at the end of the day, you shouldn't be living your life to prove to others that you have what it takes. Yeah. yeah. And eventually, that proof will come. Naturally. Absolutely. If you just stay true to who Absolutely. you are, one day they'll see. Just like those people who came back to you. They're like, I see why she did it. It it's, makes sense. It's shown in every success story you've ever heard about. Yep. You know? So... I'm sure every professional entertainer, singers, music teacher never thought they'd be on the Billboard Top 100 and then they come back and say, oh, I'm just so proud. For me, it's just, I appreciate that they're proud. And for my circumstance, if they ever doubted me, they never let me know. And that's my biggest appreciation toward my family is that they kind of sat back and let me make my own mistakes and learn and be successful. And they, they cheered me on. That's amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about, you said your first year of weddings was seven weddings. Yeah. About $5,000, give or take. Mm-hmm. What was year two to five like? How did number of weddings, income, strategy, just the whole picture? How did that transform? Yeah. So naturally, our biggest motto is the best marketing is word of mouth. And that's what happened for us the first few years of business. Those seven weddings turned into 13 weddings the year after. The year you did your LLC. Yes, year yeah. I did my LLC, was 13 weddings that year. I was charging about $1,500 per wedding, maybe like six-ish hours, right? So we had big, a good bunch. I think your biggest package was probably like closer to two grand. Something, something like that. that. Yeah, like yeah. A whole day. I was feeling good about it. I <laughs> whole was feeling day good and about album. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was paying my bills and saving money, which is the least we can all ask for, right? Mm-hmm. So I was doing a little bit more of investing in equipment, keeping things up to date, Supporting. investing in good backup. Options. Supporting your bum of a boyfriend who's just going to college <laughs> at the time. That's what it was. <laughs> Paying rent. <laughs> no, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all worth noting that, you know, at the time I was 18, almost 19, and fully financially independent by that point because there was no other option, right? Yep. You do what you got to do. And I was very lucky that we got a lot of good word of mouth, a lot of good reviews that year just because I showed up. You keep saying we. This, it's not we yet. It's just you. It's me. Avid, avid my mom was yet. my second shooter. <laughs> oh, I will say that. Nice. I never oh, yeah. touched a wedding without a second shooter. I always had a second photographer with me or an assistant, you know, something like that, just to help, if at the very least, carry bags so that I could focus, you know. And so my mom watched a lot of the early days. We have a lot of good stories from those first few years of business. 13 weddings, that first official LLC year, 
charging anywhere from fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it wasn't until the end of twenty sixteen that I came into like you were like, hey, I need you to help my uh, hold my bags at this wedding. And yeah, that's when and you I stuck got, <laughs> stuck yeah. around. And Jeannie's like, oh, thank God, your mom, Jeannie. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thank God, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So how many, when you started, Brandon, how many weddings were you guys at at that point? So when I started with her, I don't know what you were at in 2016, but in 2017, you kind of threw a camera into my hand and said, go do groom prep. She only showed me manual and I didn't know how to work the camera any other way. So like out to the hyenas at that point, we shot 65 weddings that year. Whoa. Minus three, because we had to call three of them that year to say we were pregnant. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So 13 to 65. And how many years? Well, 13 was uh, 2013. You're jumping ahead. 2017 was 65. So in four years? That was college, like the four years of college, beginning and end of college. It was 72. 72, okay. Mm -hmm. 72 weddings. Yeah, that was the highest we've ever gone. Wow. So, okay, tell me how that went. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That was your first year. We're throwing you in. Was it in the middle of the year, beginning of the year? So 2014, we did 13 weddings. I did 13 weddings in 2014, and we steadily grew. We would add anywhere from 10 to 15 more weddings each year. And that is a lot for for one person. It was a lot for my mom, who had a full-time nursing job at the time. And like I said previously, she did not want anything to do with weddings. She was just being a really supportive mama. (laughs) I'm super (laughs) thankful to her for that. Um, I think she just really wanted to see me succeed, and she knew I needed the help. And so she still helps on wedding days by watching the kids, though. She does. So, hey. She does. <laughs> so December of 2016, you know, I had a a wedding with a lot of moving parts. It was one of my first New Orleans weddings. You know, you have the second line, and you're moving from location to location with the church and the reception, and two separate preps, right? So this client said, "I want a photographer at the groom side. I want a photographer at the bride side." I was feeling like I didn't have enough arms and legs and I couldn't be everywhere at once. And so I asked Brandon if he would like to come help. So he showed up pretty unsuspecting, right? He says, I'm going to hold some bags, maybe have a drink, talk to people. It's fine. I threw a camera at him and said, go do groom prep. Every December, so shows up on my Snapchat stories like, oh, yeah, I remember this. (laughs) I was like, oh, wow. Your first (laughs) wedding. We were such babies. And so he did great. He did great groom prep. I show up to the church. He's with the guys. They're laughing and talking. Very natural. He's flipping through the photos to show me what he got. I'm like, that is really good. Like, I'm impressed for someone who I literally taught him how to work a camera like the night before. Yeah. And so that was our final wedding of December. And January comes around. And he says, you know, just curious, like, how many weddings do you have for this year? So now we're in 2017. I said 75. He was like, that's that's a lot, isn't it? I, gra- I graduated college May of 2017. I was talking to her. I was like, okay, so I'm going to start a job, and you're going to be just doing weddings, and I'm going to be doing weddings on the weekend. So I'm over here thinking, I'm like, how much am I going to be working when I get into the working field of my career? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounded like a lot. It's, it, it was a lot. He was sort of, you know, he says, I don't know how the industry works. Like, is that good or bad? And, and I said, you know, I don't really know. <laughs> it, this feels like it's a lot. But this is my only job, so I guess this is how it goes. If I'm free, I'll take it. Sure, why not? Yeah. Three in one weekend? Bring it on, yeah. <laughs> but you had asked me when we found out we were pregnant to stay home and kind of watch the baby because you had, like, there was no not doing those weddings. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of stay-at-home dad for a little while. 
and just second shooting mm-hmm. for that first year. Wow. And she's like, you, you didn't really start your career yet. So we're like, we'll, we'll take a pause on that. Mine's definitely happening. I was like, okay, so I'll <laughs> yeah. be with that. I was yeah. fine with that. I just never yeah. went back. We had 75 booked for 2017. We decided to back out of three of them surrounding the immediate birth of our daughter. And the um, week before and the week after, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So we had 72 the year I was pregnant. Wow. Mm-hmm. What was the year like before that? 60-ish. 60. It grew steadily by like 10 every single year mm-hmm. since 2013, 2014, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's incredible. And all of them were mostly referrals. Yes. Yeah. The only advertising she did was in my friend's magazine that we got No official cheap. marketing technically, plan. Technically, you never paid for that because you would do photography stuff for them. Yeah. Like you would take headshots and stuff. For Free ben, advertisement. For Cody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I never paid for any big marketing plan or billboard or you know, Facebook ad, nothing like that. It was really just how I showed up on a wedding day, being nice to everyone, being enthusiastic, treating bridesmaids and groomsmen and parents of the couple with respect and would take any picture that they wanted. And if it wasn't the direct couple referring us, it was everyone who was in the room. Yeah, that was your marketing plan. That was our marketing plan. Show up and be the bomb. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's why we are here today, still in business. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So 2017, what were your rates like then? I want to say it was like 3000 25 to 3500 I think. Yeah. So yes, right because about. I met you in 2018, and I remember you looking over my pricing, and it, it capped off at $3,300. And you saw how many weddings we were taking, like, and you saw the price. there's a pricing inaccuracy here. And there's that new reality of being a mom. Kind of yep. just that, like, okay, wait, what do I really want my life to look like? Exactly. Guessing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So 2018, we sort of intercepted while there was still time. We went back down to 55 weddings in 2018 and started increasing price steadily from there. It's something that I never imagined I could do. No one had planted the seed of what wedding pricing should look like. Not until we sat down and really looked at financial statements and how much I was profiting was it a, like, getting that slap in the face of, you are making a lot of money, but not really. But not retaining it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you get down to the percentages of everything and whatnot, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, you're spending a lot. So we had to, like, figure out what do we actually want to make net and reverse engineer from there. And you were a big part of that. Yeah, well, accounting and finance degree, so. Huge part of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I feel like between the both of you, I just don't feel like small business creatives and creatives in general who are even treating their, their art and their work as a hobby are not looking at profit margins and expenses, not really looking at them. Well, it's two different parts of your brain. Absolutely. My brain didn't work that way. Yeah. I have no shame in saying that. My brain was not meant to work that way. And I can get to a point where I understand what we should be priced at and how much I should be working. My brain doesn't work in, okay, a client paid this price, but you're only making this price. I just see that first number, right? So it's so easy to tell someone, oh, I charge X, Y, Z for weddings. And they get all starry-eyed, like, that sounds amazing. But really break it down. Really get to the nitty-gritty of, how much does it cost to run your business? Yeah, I think I was the first yeah. one to look at you and say, okay, 
we're gonna go do this for this client. We're gonna travel here. I was like, but how much did they pay you? And you, I just isolated that one project and the expenses associated with it. And you were like, oh, I'm only making 500 bucks off of their $5,000 they're paying me or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, just to mm-hmm. say. Yeah, it's eye-opening. Yeah. Eye-opening. Yeah. It's hard to hear. And it's something that I feel like a lot of people say like, oh, high school and stuff like that doesn't teach you how to do accounting or bookkeeping or anything like that or just any kind of business stuff. But even someone who went to business school and got two math degrees, they don't even teach you about doing that on your own business. Wow. They teach you on doing it for corporations. It's very geared. Like business school is very straight up like, here's how you do accounting and finances for businesses. This is how you can be not an employee. Sole pro- yeah, correct. Mm, correct. Very interesting. There is no small business creative 101. It's all life experiences. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. Okay, so 5,000. Talk to me about where you guys are now. Number of weddings, maybe like last year, looking at this year, also starting rates, average booking. This year we did 40, we're doing 42 weddings. 42 weddings, average bookings, $8,500. Nice. We have some in the higher teens, um, but at our low ends, you know, we're looking at eight. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm not saying it's any easier. I think that's what a lot of people have to realize. The higher caliber. I think it is easier because you and I have like brushed away all the nicks and gotten it better and become a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. But the pressure is still there, I think is what you're about to say. Yeah. If not more so because we we know what could happen if you don't show up and do the job. Mm -hmm. We take it. Very seriously. We take it very seriously. That doesn't mean we can't be lighthearted and calming and fun. We just are well aware of the responsibilities we have with our careers. And we chose that for ourselves. And I wouldn't take it back at all. But I just think a lot of people skip over the fact that with more money does come more responsibility. 100%. You know? Yep. But you still have to be personable. It's kind of like a doctor. You want them, you want to have a conversation with them. You want to be personable. They'll be, they'll, you want all of that interaction with them, but you still want them to take your health and all these things very, very seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and be professional. Mm-hmm. 42 weddings. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. How do you, how do you feel about that today? Because I, I mean, Marissa you know. Marissa in 2018 is already yelling at us still for having 40. <laughs> well, I think the most I ever did was 37. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was pregnant with Noah that year. Yeah. So I do relate, you know. It is it's amazing. It's undoable. It's amazing sure. what we can do. Yeah. It doesn't mean we should do them. <laughs> but the- He'll say that. The difference between us, though, is that you were doing everything. You were editing everything. So, like, we kind of separate the duties of just the photo yes, team. Yes, that's incredible. 42 feels great to us. Yeah. I think anywhere in that 35 to 40 range feels perfect because we are splitting responsibilities, half. I mean, it's not just me doing 90% of the work and he shows up as a second shooter for a wedding. We are two primary shooters. We have major responsibilities, not only just on the wedding day, but he's the full-time editor. I don't edit photos at all. I'm managing client emails and invoices and follow-up, you know, just gifts and packaging and making sure that we are rounding out that contract 100% and that each client is satisfied. None of that would be possible if he wasn't helping fill in the other gaps. Yeah. Neither one of us want to be spread so thin that we can't take on 
the amount of clients that we have. Everything you just said, if you did 25, 30 weddings a year, you would definitely feel it by you yourself. Yeah. But if you have two people with mm -hmm. you helping it out, you can definitely do a lot yeah. more. Yeah. So how did you guys come up with whose roles were whose? That was something that just sort of Trial happened naturally. Yeah. yeah. Like, who's good at what? So like I have the mentality of I have the finance and accounting degree. So I'm good at like just sitting there and just doing work when I need to. I'm also very, very, very social. I like talking to people. Juliana said that with the groom prep, like I was talking to all the groomsmen, having fun. And you'll see me like talking to everyone and being friends with everyone at weddings. But I could sit there and just be like, all right, I need to get 18 hours of editing done and just click away. He can. He likes the routine of things. I'll put on a good podcast and I'll yeah. go to work. Yeah. Can't be me. <laughs> it really can't. I love waking up in the morning and having a solid morning routine and getting out and going for walks and being in the office for a couple of hours, getting some emails done, you know, writing up invoices and contracts. I'm good with that. But what I mostly love about wedding photography is that my office is not the same every weekend. My clients are not the same every weekend. I get a, a different experience every time I show up to work. And that's what I love. Brandon has a little bit of that yin to my yang in that he likes a little bit of consistency. He likes, I don't want to say the monotony of things, because for him, what he does is not boring. He truly finds joy in editing, finding colors and perfecting images and, and sorting them in a way that creates the best visual gallery for a client. He loves that. And I love that he loves that because... I don't find my ultimate joy in those parts of the job. Yeah. They're important. They're needed. And so for me, I think we've just found that really good flow naturally. Again, by trial and error. Yeah. Sometimes I will edit a session and I just say, babe, I need you to look at this. I don't think I'm good at this. Like I think I'm so good at finding the light and the composition in person, and I just need you to like round it out for me, you know? I'll, I'll, get, I'll get questions like that all the time, and they're like, how did you get so good at editing? Uh, like, what's the best tip? And I'm just like, take photos as good as Juliana. <laughs> Having the, the, the photos start so good yes. makes my job very easy. That is a huge, huge uh, step for sure. And again, it's teamwork. It's, yeah. And it's constant work. For sure. It's not just yeah, this is what we do, and it flows naturally, and we never argue, and, you know, everything's sunshine and rainbows. Never. Not at all. Working with your spouse is both rewarding and challenging, and Brandon, I'll let you say your favorite quote. Oh, my favorite quote? The best part of working with your spouse is that you work with your spouse. The worst part is that you work with your spouse. <laughs> nice. Very true. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would joke around with all the grooms and the groomsmen. I was like, oh, yeah. If I mess up, she knows where I sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> and it keeps it fun. And, you know, we have our good banters in the office. And, you know, I'll, he'll poke fun of, you know, the way I wrote an email or I'm corny or an Instagram post or something like that. And I'll, I will make fun uh, about his bad dad jokes and and why did you edit it like this? Like, walk me through this. And, and, I'm, and I'm poking fun at her, of course, but I credit the idea that I got so good so quickly based off of us being a husband and wife team because she can critique me and be as open as she wanted without worrying about hurting my feelings because she knew that we both wanted to. <laughs> well, no, nowadays I'm pretty good, so you can, you can, <laughs> yeah. you can quiet down a little bit. <laughs> um, but in the early stages, I didn't know what I was doing. So her being able to say, okay, 
yes, no, yes, definitely never do that. Always do this. Mm-hmm. Like being able to say that, you don't have that with a second shooter that you hire just on the weekends. You don't have that rapport with them. Yeah. You don't want to hurt their feelings. You don't want to say, okay, well, artistically, I would have done this, but it's the way you want to do it. So mm-hmm. we're cleaning the gear together. We're knowing where everything goes in the bags. We are knowing each other's flow on a wedding day. We know the process in which we have to do things when we get home from a wedding. And we know how each other's morning starts. He knows I'm a morning person and he's more of a midday person, you know? And so I'm not gonna sit there and critique him at 8 a.m. in the morning. Right. Nothing's gonna be accomplished. And so I think that's what differentiates us from a lot of photographers in that we are truly a team from start to finish. And it's not always perfect, we're human. We're still learning. And that's what I love about it, is that we're evolving, but together. That's beautiful. You know, and I always think too, because you know, Devin and I share that previously, and I always think it's, you know, whenever you can work with your spouse, it's like at the end of your life, you're never gonna wish you had another wedding, but you will wish, hey, I wish I had another day. And you guys get all the days together. And that is what really matters most. So I love that. I used to say that earlier in our relationship that when people were like, oh, are you sure she's the one? I was like, yeah, obviously we've been together for 10 years and I spend every waking moment with her. Like if a husband and wife both work a nine to five separately and they just come together and see each other at home or on the weekends, the amount of time that me and Juliana saw each other in 10 years is like 40 years of a normal relationship. Right. We've been through every conversation. We've had every little fight you could probably imagine in such a short concentrated time. Yeah, it's a gift. For sure. So what is your client experience like right now? How are you guys going about booking weddings? And also, double question here, how do you show this immense value to your clients? Yeah, sure. So we do put a lot of our work out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, the usual. And inquiries will naturally come in through our website. And my initial client experience is a just super enthusiastic email. You know, it all starts with that initial contact form. I want to get the most information that I can that's to the point in that contact form. So I know their general location. I know their names. I ask them to write just a little bit about themselves, not too much, because I want to get into that more. But it gives me enough that I can find a way to briefly connect with them in that first email, that first response. I give them a quick starting price. That's just how I do it. I don't want anyone to have sticker shock because I know if I never hear from them again, it was probably that start price. And that's okay. I just, I wasn't for them. And I want every budget to find their person. And Our starting price is even on our website. Like on the the contact us form, Mm -hmm. it's right there. How Mm -hmm. much we charge. Which is something I learned from my own personal experience as a bride searching for a wedding photographer. I didn't want to email 20 photographers and get blown away that they weren't even close to my budget. And so I found what worked for us. It helped vet just those really good inquiries. And so I know when I send that initial email, they will almost always want to hop on a phone call, which is great because this is where that first impression really comes in. And it could be a Zoom call. It can be a quick phone call. Sometimes we're both so busy, you know, this potential client and I, it's just like, hey, I'll be on the road from this time to this time. Let's hop on a quick call. Those have been some of my best bookings because I think really well when I'm in the car and I'm not around my kids and the cat's not doing something. (laughs) And you know what I'm saying? And so I found what works for me. And so sometimes I'm just 
like, we're going to go for a drive and we're going to hop on this client phone call and it, and it always works out. And so that client phone call is really important to not just sit there and tell a client all about you. I want to learn about them. Absolutely. I want to figure out if they're a good fit for us, if we can serve them well. It's not always the case. Just because we're in their budget and just because they liked pretty photos on Instagram doesn't mean that we can carry out their wishes. And that's okay. You know, it's okay to say no sometimes. But for the most part, we get a good idea of who they are and what they've come to expect um, and if we're a pretty good fit within those first couple emails. And so, you know, a lot of that initial discovery call is, you know, I want to know where they're at in that planning process. Who are their vendors? Secretly, we do a little dance in our head of like, is this a planner we, we're good with working? Yeah, okay. This is, you know, little things like that where there's all these equations in our mind of how this will all add up. Not to set unrealistic expectations. It's just finding that flow. And so... Yeah, I think clients love talking about their own weddings more than they realize. They want to feel that excitement. And so us being excited with them, and I think it's important that we are both on the call, both expressing that value of you will get to know both of us, not just Juliana of Peony Photography and her second shooter, whoever that may be. Right. Oh, who's going to the guys? What time are they getting there? No, no, no. Brandon's coming to all the shoots. He is going to make all the bad dad jokes and have you laughing the whole time. And that is a relationship built over a year or two with clients. You know? So I walk into groom prep, which can be kind of intimidating. You have eight guys. It's kind of like, all right, who's this guy? Most of the guys are just like, eh, we just got to be there and whatnot. And I walk in and I immediately have a rapport with the groom. Oh, hey, John, how you been? Big hugs, making jokes, yep. talking about work yep. and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, okay, this guy's cool. The friends start opening up to you and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And you get that rapport. The vibe you get from the photos shows that. Yeah. You will see it in the photos. Mm -hmm. If you're just forcing guys to do stuff that they don't want to do, you'll see it. But yeah. if they like you and you're like, oh yeah, let's do this. I remember, I think of Philip that I like did the fun shot with the beers. Like yeah. we love that one. Cause that's what the guys were doing. Yeah. And I was kind of making fun of the girls and it's just fun. And it's important to know their personalities because you know what photos you can get away with, yeah. right? You know if the groomsmen are gonna want to throw the groom in the air because you've learned their personalities. And I know what kind of flat lay my brides are gonna love because we've talked about it prior to their wedding day. I'm not asking their opinion on the wedding day. They should be in hair and makeup or lounging around with champagne in their hands. I should know as much as I possibly can about them both before we even set foot in that prep room. And so- As a vendor, we are just like an extension of them. Essentially, they, yeah. Because they've already given us so much information that we know what they want. They shouldn't even have to tell us. So how do you guys go about getting the information? What's your process in terms of building that? Because obviously you have a yeah. great first phone call. And real quick, out of how many, let's say like out of five calls, would you say how many do you book? Four. Four. That's amazing. And usually the one that we don't get is budgetary reasons. Yeah. If they're hopping on the phone call, they like what they see and they like us mm -hmm. as people, they're usually going to book. Yeah. Which it saves our time because like it is a lot of time spent on the phone calls getting them talking about uh, the pricing or what package they want and to someone to just ghost you or just not book is a lot of time wasted in a sense. Mm -hmm. So how do you guys handle emotionally the weddings that don't book? Wish them well and release those thoughts 
any negative thoughts that could creep up about, well, why didn't they book? What was wrong with us? It was a great phone call. We had so much in common. You got to release that because that'll eat away at those little insecurities you might be feeling. And so for us, it is just better to say, you know what, there's someone for everyone. We might not have been for them, and that's not our problem. We just wish them well. I hope they found their person. It could have been for anything. We don't know their side of the story. It could have been budget. It could have been they were between two photographers. They couldn't just choose one, you know, and, and that's okay. That's life. That's how it goes. And I think a lot of this business comes with needing thick skin to get through it and to retain confidence and keep patting yourself on the back for the amazing job you are doing. Yeah. It's okay if not everyone books. You did nothing wrong. You just get them next time. Absolutely. I always like to think, you know, you have so many thoughts in a day. And how many thoughts do we give away to doubt or fear or lack? Or what did I do wrong? Instead of really reflecting inwardly and saying, well, actually, I can be more creative and I can find more ways to add value. And I put my focus there instead. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so proud of you guys for doing that. Yeah. So... Through these relationships, you guys have spoken so highly of how important it is to build these relationships throughout the process leading up to the wedding day and how that impacts the quality of the photos. As an artist, do you guys find a greater level of fulfillment from when you first started doing weddings to now in regards to that development of the process on the wedding day itself? Yeah, definitely. I think in the early days, a lot of times I was showing up to weddings And taking pictures at the suggestion of either the couple themselves or their mom or a bunch of bridesmaids who had opinions, you know, it's very easy to want to be a people pleaser, right? So you want to make sure that you're getting every shot that they want and you're almost too scared to do what you want to do because you don't want them to not like the photo, And so over the years, you sort of develop this confidence to say, one for me and one for thee. I'll take this picture that you want, but also while we're here, can I just turn you this way and pose you like this and just go run or go, you know, do something crazy, something that they would have never thought to do on their own. And man, you post that and it could take off. And now you have a bunch of couples who say, I trust you. Yeah, wherever you want to put us. What should we wear? You know, what's your opinion on this color scheme for the wedding? And, oh, my mom saw the picture. She loves you. And, you know, then you meet all of the family and friends on the wedding day, and they already know who you are. They already know what you are capable of. They trust you just as much. And you don't get any pushback. You get not only a collaborative effort as far as creativity goes, but you get a friendship, a relationship with all of them. You know what they think their best angles are. And you know, oh, I bet she would love a photo like this. Or, you know, oh, he would love this photo with his guy friends because that's their personalities. Or which photos to avoid. <laughs> it's true. It's No, I mean, it's when true. When you know it, them well enough. When you build that relationship from the get-go, whether it be through calls or texts or mood boards or showing them in their engagement pictures or you know, anything like that, you just have an easier time being able to actually create. And it's not only for you, you're creating for them. You're mostly creating for them. 
Yeah. You just get joy out of it too. I used to get really excited when you first started teaching me photography, like me getting the shot just right on a technical level and like, oh, I nailed it. It was so good. Nowadays, I, I'm just prepared for that moment. And when the moment happens, I'm like, nailed it. And I love it because I know that they'll love it. Mm-hmm. That's what I find joy in nowadays, mm-hmm. like serving them and getting a, a beautiful photo that doesn't need to be explained. Just look at it. Look mm-hmm. at it. Look how beautiful it is. You understand in that moment. Yeah. Why is it so impactful? You know, in the early days, I used to think every wedding had to be approached the same and that there needed to be consistency. And so I was disappointed when something didn't happen. Oh, the dad didn't cry when he saw her or the groom didn't cry when she walked down the aisle. You know, you all know. I mean, (laughs) we all anticipate these moments. And even in the first couple of years, I trained him to anticipate certain moments, which is It's not to say it's not an important part of the job. Luck favors a prepared mind. For sure. But over the years, you start learning that you should anticipate there to be unexpected moments. So it sounds contradictory, but it's also in part of learning to expect the unexpected. Those candids, man, those are really sometimes where it's at. I could pose anyone all day, but a little hand grab to grandma as she, you know, gets to the altar. It doesn't happen, but maybe once a year, you never know. And so being ready to capture every single wedding differently makes you creative. It makes you think past what a wedding is supposed to look like. Because otherwise you're just going through the motions and the timeline, and it's what everyone else expects you to get. Like, no. Back up. I want to step back and watch this wedding unfold, and I'm going to capture it how I see it. And it's not always what I expect it to look like. You know what I mean? That's the beauty in it. Absolutely. Something that a lot of vendors in the wedding industry are guilty of. Like they have this idea of what a wedding should look like, and they go, okay, now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do this. It's like no one ever looks at the bride and groom like, what do you want to do right now? This is your wedding day. You could do whatever. This is your wedding day. Mm -hmm. We're just here to capture it. You want to go talk to your friends instead of go cut the cake? Okay, let's wait a little while. Yeah. You, know? you don't want to cut the cake at all? Who cares? Okay, let's go have fun. Yeah. Let's go have a party on the dance You floor. like taking portraits for two hours before the ceremony and we're just going to do family pictures later? Okay. Why not? Who's making the rules here, you know? That was so. something we had to tell for our wedding, our family. We were like, every idea of what a traditional wedding looks like, mm-hmm. out the window. And that definitely got a little pushed back here and there, but they ended up like, that was a beautiful wedding. Yeah. That's awesome. It sounds like from what you're sharing, there's this element of freedom creatively, but because of a collaborative effort, there's this like deeper, rich, vibrant meaning to the photographs that you take. Absolutely. And that's really so beautiful. And I know that feeling of, I got it. Yeah. You know, like you saw that moment and you're (laughs) like, oh, I got it. Like, you know, and it could have passed by and they wouldn't have even been mad if you missed it because you had all the must haves but you got it, you know, and they'll have that forever. It's how you know you're, you're learning and growing and becoming observant and really listening to the client and their family members and not just showing up and being the boss. Yeah. Just plying through there and saying what goes, you know, it, it's more than that. And I was, so I was talking to friends of ours recently that that's one of the reasons why we love film so much. Like we have to wait two weeks to get that. <gasps> I got it. Look at it. It's so good. <laughs> Before, like, it, it, with the digital cameras, like, oh, nailed it. Like, you know, and you can move on. But, like, 
having that like two weeks later is so much fun. Absolutely. And you guys recently started doing your own film, your own scans. That's a process. Yeah, I started doing that. So like I develop it with one of the labs and they'll send back the negatives. I scan it myself. It's a learning process. I've only been doing it for like two, three months now, but it's fun. Yeah. It allows us to have better control over our final colors, which is super important to us. Our natural motto is that we like to capture weddings true to life, how it looked. You spent a lot of Pinterest hours picking out those colors, so I want them to look, you know, how you envisioned in your head. And so film for us allows us to keep our editing style true to life, and timeless. I mean, truly timeless. And so with that comes rising costs. I know it's a lot of what everyone's talking about right now. Rising costs of film and developing and scanning is not cheap either. And so for us, you know, it was a way to not only save money, but take more control, take more control, have a more intimate relationship with our film scans. Yeah which is important in learning how to grow, seeing color, that's huge. That's everything for a creative person. And so... The style shoot, actually, that Juliana just finished editing, there was one negative scan that they did not include from the professional lab. I was like, oh, yeah, let me scan that for you real quick because it was a vertical and then a horizontal of the same photo, but she just didn't get the horizontal. I was like, man, I didn't get any horizontals. That's so weird. I thought I did. I was like, yeah, Brandon looked back look at, at the, the negative. negative. Yeah. And I was like, let me scan that for you real quick. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So what machine or scanner are you using? It's an Epson Perfection V850. What was the cost of that? About $1,200. Wow. Is there any additional cost per scan that you have to keep up with? No. Other than buying new film and getting it developed and wow. getting like, for example, we did an order recently. It was like 20 medium format film negatives. We sent it out, came back. It was 200 bucks. If we would have did the full price of it, like getting it scanned and everything, it would have been closer to 700 Yeah. So huge cost savings for sure, which makes us feel more comfortable shooting more film. And like, oh, we could just shoot it without having to worry about it bogging down because part of being a wedding photographer is being a good business person, but also being a good creative. You have to find a good balance of the two. Sometimes people are too business-minded and they they're not creative enough. Some people are too creative and they are late on their taxes for three years. <laughs> yeah. It's about developing it all. Yep. Within uh-huh, the developing. There's a There's a dad joke for you. <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel like planner relationships have been a part of your success so far? For sure. Yeah, I feel like, you know, while the majority of our clients come from word of mouth from themselves... Planner relationships have been so great because they're easy. It's one of those things where the client already trusts someone else to help take responsibilities off of them. They've probably talked us up. So by the time we get on the phone with the couple... It's an alley-oop. They almost always say, oh, yeah, we know everything about you. Uh, Our planner speaks so highly of you. I'm like, well, that is just, that's so great, you know? It doesn't come without work though. Not only just building planner relationships, but building the right planner relationships, finding planners who have the same values as you and who appreciate you and who love the clients as much as you. That is something you will always spend your career searching for and working to maintain. I think it's very easy to 
think that, oh, when I reach a certain level, I'll be working with these planners and then I'll have made it. Or if I just work with this planner, that's success. But really, that might not be a good fit for you as a creative and as a business owner or for the client. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the client. Are you and the planner going to work alongside each other so well that it serves the client best? Maybe not, but maybe so. And you can kind of figure that out with what I advise is meeting a planner before. Don't just, you know, reach out to a planner and say, I will give all your clients discounts. Please recommend me, right? They get that all the time. They get overflowed with those emails. I don't think it's an end-all be-all. I mean, I think there is a way to create genuine relationships with vendors in the industry in a sense that you are finding real ways you connect with them, sometimes outside of the wedding industry. I think that's so important going forward because, you know, we've worked with planners in the past that their main focus is getting the wedding published. If that is you too, then, you know, maybe that's your planner. For us, it's... You know, maybe this wedding won't get published, but if the couple loves their images, that's all that matters to me. Yeah. And not only does the end product matter, but the experience leading up to the wedding day and the wedding day itself. That is one of our biggest, biggest number one priorities. I mean, I want us to take away stress from the couple, not add more stress to them. I don't want to bombard them with questions on the wedding day. And I don't want to be fighting with the planner over, (laughs) you know, where are we going and what's, you know, plan B and plan C. Work it all out in that year before. Have good conversations with everyone and the wedding day should flow. By the end of it, the pictures will show that good experience. I think planners can be so helpful, but you want to make sure you're not stumbling into a situation where you or the planner is being hurtful. Yeah. My biggest critique of planners, if I were to give one critique, is don't be so much of a yes man or woman. They have so many times that they just want to make the clients happy that they don't tell them, no, that's a bad idea. I loved our planner for our wedding. I would get fever dreams at 2 a.m. and say, can we do this? And she would come back and like, no, that's a bad idea because of this. And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're Mm -hmm. right. But some people are just like, oh, yeah, 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 we could do that. We could do that. We could do that. And they don't think about the logistics of it. And we show up on the wedding day like, wait, what? What's happening? Why is that? We have no time for that. Like, it all gets smashed together and be reasonable. I sort of approach it as a good vendor acts as a good friend, like your best friend. Like, I'm going to tell you how it is because I love you. You don't want to do a second line in August. You know what I mean? Like, as your friend... Your makeup is not going to last through that. Your dress is not going to look good when you go do the first dance. Come on, girl, let's think about this, you know? I think a good planner and vendor relationship is, hey, let's all chat about this. The couple really finds this important. Do you think we can make this happen? Yes, but maybe let's try it this time. Or, you know, let's figure out a compromise here. And so if you are just a yes man giving clients whatever they want, you know, you do this all the time and they don't. It might be their first wedding. And so I think it's just really important to build relationships with our clients and with vendors so that you can talk openly about how you're feeling about this because it makes the wedding day experience 
go so much smoother for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I like to think of it as being a team member. For sure. You know, it's all about being a team. No yeah. one's higher or lower. We're all here and yeah. we're all one for the client. There's a reason every single time we post a photo, we tag everyone because if it wasn't for all those people, yeah. that date would not happen. That photo yeah. would not have happened. Everyone is just as important as the next person. Yeah. I think this industry likes to play elitism in that, you know, oh, the photographer is way more important than the videographer. Yeah. Make sure the photographer gets their, you know, screw the wedding video. The photos are where it's at. No, not necessarily. There's a way for us both to get our shots. And, you know, the planner eating after a 12-hour day is just as important as us eating, you know? And the florist, oh, my gosh, so important. What would we do without all these flowers? Be photographing just an empty room. Yeah. The band, without that band, what are we we doing at this reception, guys? You know what I'm saying? So I... Going forward in the industry, knowing you are not better than anyone else, you are all a team. Yeah. You are all components to making this wedding pan out as perfectly as you can. You're going to be fine. Like, if you just keep that in mind, you know, the marriage you have no control over. That's the couple. They got that. You know, you can help support them for such a short period in their lives. And you just show up 110% and you help all of your team members show up, if a videographer has to get his shot, I'm going to move to the side. I'm like, yeah, get it. Absolutely. Oh, this is a great one. I I like to tell him, I was like, I'd rather you tell me something now in the moment when I can move as opposed to cursing my name when you're editing later. Yeah. Like, say something now. I can do it something now. You got to know that because you sat next to Devin. (laughs) (laughs) Cursing your name while you're editing. He's like, oh, Marissa. (laughs) We we got to a point where we can make eye contact across the room. I'm sure you guys knew that. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're just like, "Mm, you know, you don't have to say anything. You just, it's in the, it's in the eyes. For sure. Yeah, it's so true, though. I think it's so true. I think all of us at some point have been guilty of getting caught up in, you know, having a certain number of followers or likes or publications or that recognition in the industry and that status. But we really have to come back to that holistic perspective of before all of this, really, it was just the client. And like with you guys, referrals is all you really need. Like all of that could go away. And if your clients were still loving everything that you did, that would keep you going. Sure, it's nice. We like Instagram. We like all the things out there. We like to be published. It's great. And yes, it gives validation to our clients, Mm -hmm. you know, but at the end of the day, it's the clients we serve. It's the stories we tell. It's experiences we ensure. And that is the heart of what we do as an industry. And we've got to remember that for sure. Absolutely. So where do you guys see yourselves going in the future? What's next? Well, we just moved. (laughs) (laughs) We are on the North Shore now, so we're right outside of New Orleans. Got a little and, closer than um, we were previously. Yep, so that's been really nice. And we are hoping to have a very quiet 2023. I'll be honest. We have been pushing ourselves over the last few years, and we don't regret it at all. We've learned so much. We've traveled so much, and it's been great. But we are looking to slow down a bit, recenter. Find a good routine that works for us. You know, our, our babies are growing and they need us a lot more now that they're in school. And so it's been nice to find a balance between family time and, and work time. And so 2023 has some major weddings for us. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. We're so excited for, for them. Sure. But with that comes, okay, we're going to be gone for a week. 
for a destination wedding. Let's spend some time with the family. We're not going to do anything this following week. Yeah. Stuff like that. And so I don't want to speak too early on things. You know, we have some things planned for the future, 2024 and beyond. But I know for a fact. 2023, we want to focus on family and yeah. really serving our clients as yeah. best we can. Yeah. He's all but begged. Like, please, <laughs> I just want to relax. <laughs> you got him. So what is that? What does relaxing look like for you guys? Because obviously you two being able to do this together sets you apart in a way that, you know, the individual photographer may not relate to 42 feeling really good, you yeah. know? So what does a relaxed number look like for you guys? We're looking at about 30 for next year. Okay. Trying to keep it, keep it there. Are you going to increase prices? Or are you thinking you're going to stay about where you are? We already kind of have a little bit. Yeah, we always, we always, you know, depending on where our demand's looking, might increase. But that's only because our value keeps growing. Yep. There are things that we have added for our clients next year that we're super proud of that, you know, makes the price jump justified for us. And so, yeah, 30 weddings feels comfortable. And it allows me to give a more personalized experience. We like to do fun things like client gifts and customized wedding albums. You know, I enjoy making those things. It allows me to not rush through them, to really think about them, write those handwritten notes that yeah. I love doing and packaging it up and, and just signing off on each client and feeling fulfilled that I gave them my all. And so when Brandon delivers that final gallery, I'm just like, okay, and now my job begins again. Now I am working on the albums and the gifts and following up with them. And and so it's definitely a team effort and it takes a lot. To answer Marissa's question, that's what relaxing looks like to you? It does. <laughs> <laughs> we have it different does. opinions of what More relaxing More intentionality. Is. Absolutely. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this year has been a lot of just being away from the house. Yeah being gone a lot, sometimes being gone from our kids, being on location a lot, shooting more than we can share. Yeah. We haven't shared, but maybe 10% of what we've photographed this year. And so much, and so much good stuff. Like we have some, like every wedding was phenomenal. We had some, such a good time. But I can't keep up anymore. Yeah. And I don't want to feel that way. I want to show off all of the amazing opportunities we've had this past year. You know, we photographed some really cool things. And so next year feels a little bit more intentional. Mm. We've really looked at each month and like what that's gonna look like. And so we have a kind of a heavy spring, but we're gonna take that summer off. Oh, wow. We did it this year. Did a little bit. Um, we, we did had, it this year, but we, we did, did like style shoots and stuff in that time. So we were still working, we yeah. were traveling with the kids. But no like weddings in July and August. It was really nice. It was so hot. <laughs> Especially it's in really South nice. Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. So we just traveled a lot in those months. We took the kids with us. Yeah, that was fun. It's great. And so we're looking to do a little bit more of that next year and just really, I'm going to say, tighten the loose ends on our business. Yeah, that'll be nice. I mean, 12 less is that's significant. Significant. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so for the listeners, I want to make sure we touch on a couple things real quick. In Thibodeau, small town, what was the highest price that you were able to charge there? 10K. 10,000. Yes. And do you know the population by chance? Brandon's going to look it up. (laughs) Just so that we're not sending false information. Oh, it's less now. In 2020, it was 14,500. Wow. Okay. So when you were doing it, it probably was even like maybe 10,000. Possibly. Yeah. 10 to 14. 
Because that's one thing, you know, we hear again and again is this doubt that, hey, I'm in a small town. I'm not going to be able to charge these prices. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to make sure that we touched on that because well, you guys I, even, I told did myself it. that lie for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. It took a lot to get me out of that. I went so far as to say, well, your small town isn't my small town. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm <laughs> really separating myself. But, you know, it's all about perspective. And for me, I'm not going to sit here and say that the people in my small town weren't looking at me like, man, that is expensive. I'm sure they were. I'm yeah. sure they were. But what was more important is that they said, but she's worth it. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. So, you know, yeah, I'm going to bring my boyfriend on full time. (laughs) You know, look at what we're charging now, husband. But um, I was very honored and privileged to be able to charge. We photographed almost a dozen weddings at that price in Thibodeau. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Moving to the city, we couldn't charge that much. It was the opposite of what I thought it was. Because it was like it was almost oversaturated with so many photographers that like you can get a good photographer at mm-hmm. so many different price points. Mm-hmm. Where we were, there was like only three or maybe four or five quality wedding photographers, and we were at the top. If you wanted the best in our town, there was no other question of where people were going. Even like even more south where we like went to high school at, we would still get weddings one or two times a year down there, and they would just like yeah. Whatever you want, whatever you want. They trusted us 100%. But what I think I was surprised to learn was that if we weren't available, I was recommending photographers who I looked up to in Thibodeau as I was coming up in my own career, only to find out they were charging a third of what I was charging. Oh, wow. Which surprised me. And I'm not going to begin to know their journey or how they're running their business. They know. And there are more ways to grow than just monetarily. They might just be happy where they're at. They're exactly. comfortable. It has nothing. Yeah. Has no, for me, no knock on them. For me, it was just, I know where we're at. I know where we need to be at, mm-hmm. where we need to go from here. This is our starting point. This is our price. Luckily for us, you know, we were successful in that and it worked out. Now in New Orleans, we are at that price and further because we took the time to build up the reputation there yeah so i feel like we sort of conquered the small town conquered the city and now we're we're settling we're peaceful in that decision but like we're settling in at a really good price point we feel like we're charging our worth finally i've been doing this for 12 years and it didn't just happen overnight i didn't just wake up one day and say i'm gonna charge ten thousand dollars we slowly climbed there. When it felt right, that's when we, we sent that out. I remember that first email that said that starting price. I hit send and I, was, I looked at Brandon and I said, we're never going to hear back from them. <laughs> and within an hour, they booked. Wow. That's that was, incredible. Yeah. Life's really funny sometimes. They didn't even get a phone call. They're like, all right, yeah, we want the big one. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of times you get what you ask for. Yeah. yeah. There's always that curiosity of like, you know, how come I can't get more? Well, are you asking for more? You know, mm-hmm. so it's that boldness to step into your power. I never you know, thought I could ask. Yeah, that was the problem for many years. I never thought I could ask for more. Look at you, you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you feel like your life is fulfilled, and in what ways do you feel like your business impacts your lifestyle and relationships? I feel like with any career, you have some highs and lows. 
I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, oh, yeah, we feel super fulfilled and everything's great all the time because we have some really slow months and we have some really busy months. And we have months where we feel like, man, I don't know if we were our best selves this month. I think we were burnout. We need a reset. We have those sometimes. Things don't always go as we plan them to go. And so it's nice to sit back, have some us time, have some deep conversations about what worked and what didn't work and where we're going and finding that clarity, which allows us to feel fulfilled going forward. And when we feel ourselves slipping, we have another good deep conversation. We'll go for a walk or we'll go for a date night without the kids and talk about business and life over some wine and, and all of our problems get you know a little solved right there. And it's never going to be perfect. It's always going to be work. But, you know, we were talking about how lucky we are and how fulfilled we do feel. We have some really great clients who have trusted us over the years. And I'm just super thankful for that. I'm super thankful to not hate my job. Yeah. After speaking with so many people over the years who just don't love where they're at in life, they don't love where they live, they don't love their jobs... Yeah, I don't think I've ever woken up the day of a wedding and be like, oh, God, I have a wedding today. I'm like, all right, cool. Yes, yes. He always has a pep in his step. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, yeah, I'd say for the most part, we feel fulfilled. But it's okay to not wake up every morning and be, you know, 100%. It's like, okay, I got a long to-do list today. I need to recenter myself. I need, I need a second. And so it is hard. A lot of people don't talk about the fact that wedding photography requires you to be gone on the weekends. And some weekdays, you know, sometimes you get a random Tuesday or Thursday wedding and, and it's not a nine to five by any means. You don't have normal work hours. You don't flow with the rest of society. You are kind of working opposite. We've missed many birthdays, many family functions, many things like that, but we yeah. still like, we'll send a gift. We'll send a handwritten letter or someone to a family member. Shoot or a, friend. a text, call them. Like you there can, are ways to be can, present. Yeah. Even when I can't physically be there, be you present, know. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, the kids know like mommy and dad are going to be gone tonight. We can't put you to bed, but we're going to be right there when you wake up in the morning, and it's going to be pancake morning. Or, you yeah. know, we get them excited, and and that's how we found our groove. Yeah. And I think it does nothing but create negative space to sit back and say, man, I wish I just had a normal life. I wish I had that nine to five. Because you know the grass is always greener. I love that we get to pick up our kids on time from school and that we can, you know, take lunch dates. And, and there's so much good in it. And so when you sit back and be thankful for those moments, it helps you remember, oh, yeah, I am fulfilled. Yeah. yeah. I read somewhere recently that 80% of the time you'll spend with your kids is from age 0 to 12. They start, like, going out on their own after that. So, like, being able to, like, see them throughout most of that time. I pick them up from school. I bring them to school. We spend almost every afternoon together afterwards. And we get to have a job that gives us that opportunity. We can't be more grateful for stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, what have you learned the most in this journey of being wedding photographers and building a family? I think for me personally, it has been uh, open-mindedness. I grew up in a small town, and I feel like I wasn't exposed to a lot of the worlds. Uh, we didn't 
we didn't travel at all. I didn't go on any vacations and I didn't get to meet people outside of my immediate circle. And weddings has allowed me to meet so many different people, different ethnicities, different cultures, different family dynamics, different ways to show love, mm. that it opened my mind as to what the world could be, what it could look like, what can be photographed, and that there's no limit there. And so I love that my office is never the same and my clients are never the same. And I could walk into a room and it could be full of happy tears or stress or, uh, you know, just all the good and the bad. And, and, and that's okay with me because I get to have an open mind and a calming just heart. When I meet with, you know, my clients on the wedding day, for Brandon, he, he likes to kind of feel the, the room a little bit when he walks in and then it's all good. And so, like, weddings have taught us that not every family needs to look the same mm-hmm. or show emotion in the same way and that little touches or just, you know, looking at each other a certain way, like that can be love. And it has helped our own relationship and our own family dynamic. That's a lot of what I've learned. What about you, Brandon? That probably the people the most important thing. Like again, we can get our own egos, we can get you know, like what I did and what I created all day but at the end of the day like that's why our mindset is so focused on the client at the end of the day the people that are involved in that are the most important thing it doesn't matter if you got to publish it doesn't matter who thinks it's great who doesn't it's all about the client if the client likes the things that you are creating that's all the justification you need that you did a good job that's beautiful absolutely you guys have such a good heart so what about those people who are maybe wanting to, you know, dreaming of having this career, or maybe they're in their careers and they're just kind of burnout, overwhelmed, just feeling stuck. What advice do you have for them? I feel like for every time you feel that you have a weakness, I could bet you have two major strengths to combat that, and you got to hold on to those. It's human nature to focus on the negative. Absolutely. You want to, like, overly critique yourself and overly critique yourself, but you're forgetting how good you are at all the other things. Mm-hmm. Give yourself more credit. Give yourself yeah. grace. Yeah. yeah, It's okay to be human. It's okay for you to not have as many followers as you think you should have. It's okay. Yes. Yes, it's okay. It really yeah. is. Do yeah. you wake up every morning and love your life? Okay, well, that's all right. Don't log on to Instagram that day, maybe, you know? <laughs> I think a lot of times it is so easy to let society's standard of success get to you when really you're probably doing just fine. A couple of tweaks here and there to your business. Listen, the people who are doing awesome things in life and being super successful, they are still learning and they are still making tweaks to their business. None of us have it all figured out. When you get to the top, you're going to find another way that you can change something about your business or how you approach an image. You will always be learning, you know? When you sharpen a knife, you slowly sharpen it one way and the other, one way or the other, slowly focusing it more and more and more until you just get that perfect, perfect blade. That's kind of how it works. You kind of work the kinks out step by step. It's beautiful. It's their experience. For sure. Yeah, there's no destination. Yeah, and just take time. Like sometimes me and Juliana will just go on dates and we'll talk about no work. 
sometimes we'll only talk about the kids because we haven't had actually focused on the kids like what we want them to do in three four years that's what pushed our move here is sporadically <laughs> in one month we went, <laughs> we're moving sold the house now we're here in like one month which is crazy but like having those conversations and just taking time away from everything to like refocus on like where are we at what did we do in the last year what do we not like what do we want to change moving forward I feel like that's something that so many people don't do. They get lost in the monotony of life. They just go in through the emotions every single day in and day out. That you don't focus on where you are, appreciate where you are, but focus on the things that you can have control over and fix and make better and better and better. And that's how you make a better life, slowly but surely over time. For us, and I feel like it could help other people, is that we sat with each other and looked at our life our past, our present, what we want our future to look like. Are we happy? Could we be happier if we, you know, tweak this or that? And can we still serve our clients well? Could we serve them better if we did this? For us personally, we had a long talk this summer and it was, maybe we don't want to move to this city. Maybe we just want to move. Maybe we just want to get out of where we're at. Let's explore another option. Now we're in a place that we love. Yeah. Because we are happier, we're going to be able to serve our clients better. Absolutely. And we it love, was just that. And we loved our small town that we lived in. Thibodeau is an amazing place. I'll always have a special place in my heart. But there was one thing that we had to like really focus on, like where can we find that? And we found it on the North Shore. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, you guys are truly doing amazing things. You built it from the ground up together. It's beautiful. Not a lot of couples can say that and you're focusing on what matters most, the people you serve and your family. And that is absolutely inspiring. So I wanna thank you guys for joining me for this interview and sharing your light with others so that they have a beautiful path forward and to inspire them that, hey, whatever your dream is, it's possible. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for we having us. I'm honored it. that anyone even listen. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to us, we just feel like normal people. We're just living our lives. Wasn't that such an inspiring story to hear Juliana and Brandon's heart on their journey through being a wedding photographer? Today, I hope that you gain inspiration and motivation to know that you're right where you need to be. And regardless of your circumstances, regardless of the things that you may feel are holding you back, guess what? You're on your journey and you're on your way to the most beautiful life and business that you could ever imagine. A few things that we wanna make sure that you took home today is that wherever you are, the rates you charge are solely determined on you, the value you bring and the heart and service you bring to your clients. And in that, that is where your strongest marketing tactic actually lies. We like to focus so much on our Instagram strategy and making relationships with planners and doing editorials. And while all of these things and much more can, yes, be impactful, the clients, that's the heart of your business. Never forget that and you will always be successful and all that you do, and it is through those experiences that you will expand and become more aware of the creativity you have, new ideas of how to serve. You have to be open to what makes you unique and what makes your clients unique, and through honoring that, just like Juliana and Brandon have, you're gonna find a path that is absolutely more rewarding, fulfilling, and definitely brings more profits than you ever dreamed. Here we are again at the conclusion of another episode. I'm sending you a virtual hug and I want you to know I am so proud of you for staying committed to your dreams. It's all possible 
and it begins with you. If you'd like to discover more support, visit marissamorrison.net, where I have created opportunities for you to connect, expand, and to evolve into your greatest potential. Until next time, friend, I'm thinking of you and sending you all my love.